kids, our youth, our creche are full. We're getting fuller in here. And we've got these questions of what on earth do we do next? What, on, you know, what is the next step? And obviously as well, for a lot of people, certainly from the feedback I've had from last week, there's a lot of people in a very uh, individual or, or family or um, workplace, which is exactly the same, where they're like, what? what do I do next? I don't know what the next step is. I'm not sure what to do. You know, I've got a, a number of opportunities or I'm a bit afraid of what might come or whatever it is. And this whole idea of, or this tension of what comes next when we're stuck or when we're trapped or when we're a bit clueless or confused, and we're using Acts chapter 1, kind of post-Jesus, and the whole uh, thinking behind this, I don't want to kind of like get into uh, carving up um, the verses in a kind of like distant fashion. I want us to jump in. If you don't know Acts chapter 1, it's basically post-Jesus. So everything that happened with Jesus, and then Acts arrives, and Luke writes this book, and it's basically the aftermath, and there's a big fat what's next, as you'd imagine. If you're a disciple, you've got your whole life kind of like, we know what's going on, we know what we're doing, we've left the fishing thing behind, we're following this guy, Jesus, he's going to lead us to what we think is going to happen next, and then abrupt stop. Jesus is, uh, you know, in a matter of days, he's uh, crucified and he's resurrected, and then the whole thing kind of like blows their minds because Jesus is appearing to them again, and then just when they think the whole thing's back on the track again, he, he disappears, he goes back up to heaven. And you imagine that moment, you, some of you might be in a similar, not probably that dramatic, but in a similar moment of, okay, the dust has settled, what on earth comes next? And that's where we are, and kind of getting around this idea of it often doesn't work how we think it will. Myself and Paul have tried uh, very hard at times up here to get up here and give a firm and leadership, you know, kind of rebuke or encouragement or inspiration to try and recruit people to serve and to help. And we've given it our best. We've, we've tried good cop, we've tried bad cop, we've tried in-between cop. Uh, we've tried all the different kind of things and ultimately it didn't really work. Laura gets up here last week. <laughs> if you were here, I was afraid. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, I wanted to volunteer because I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to face her wrath. And Laura gets up here and gives a very stirring, uh, inspirational, um, guilt-laced uh, kind of... Uh, <laughs> kind of uh, motivational uh, speak and off the back of our record of not really recruiting many Laura's managed to recruit 17 people to help which is amazing absolutely amazing uh, so uh, yeah if we want something done from now on uh, we're just going to get Laura to just kind of bark uh, and, and that, that'll happen it's making a lot of sense how Roach has become more productive since they got married <laughs> With, um, I mean, you, you have your own individual journey. Obviously, mine and Gemma's over the last kind of nine months has been parenting. And with parenting, one of the things I've really learned, we've had, sorry, I should say, if you don't know us, we've had uh, twins are at the back there listening in avidly, taking notes, uh, and, uh, and, and learning that their father is the one with the wisdom and the uh, poise. And I don't know why I'm saying that, because I know it's not true. But anyway, with parenting, I'm learning fast that you kind of, you, it never works out how you think it will. And me and Gemma are like planners. We love a plan. And we love planning about the plan. And we kind of lay it all out and we're like, this is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to work. And then Lola or Ella decide very differently. And so I'm working out that pretty much every part of parenting, whatever you try, something else happens. Or whatever you think will work, generally it doesn't kind of always work out that way and this can happen in the in the kind of the punami you know elements uh, you know, ideas but it can also happen in the good stuff it can also happen in the things that kind of 
the smiles or the laughs. And our, our little ones are kind of getting to the stage where smiling is very much, smiling and laughing is very much a thing, a part of their life. And I, and I, cannot, I cannot help myself. I love making Alola or Ella smile, and I'll do anything. I'll literally do anything. And those of you who know me, I'm not particularly um, extrovert. I'm not particularly uh, kind of like, you know, uh, you know out, out there or anything like that. I'm not much of a showman or anything like that. But for, for my girls to get a smile, I'll do anything. I'll put on a performance. I'll dance. I'll act. I'll do voices. I'll, I'll you know, whatever it is. I moonwalk across our kitchen floor if I think it'll work. And every time I think I've got, I don't know if they, they change the goalposts all the time. Because every time you come up with something, it's like, you know, Gemma comes back in the room. I was like, Gemma, watch this. They love it when I do this. And I do it. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, you've done that. Like, just come up with something new. Like, keep going. Keep, keep coming up with something new. And you can try it all you like, and then something comes along, and this is a perfect example, and it's also helped by the fact that this is literally my favourite video on planet Earth at the moment, uh, because I, I literally play this to myself all the time, uh, whenever I'm like, I just need a, a, just a quick pick-me-up of everything that's great about life. Because Jem just threw, uh, we've got two uh, uh, dogs, and she just threw a toy for the dog, and she had no idea that this would happen and would work out completely differently to how she thought it would. It just went on and on. I could have played a little bit more. We just kept throwing the bone eventually until Molly was like, enough, like, enough. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And the girls looked really disappointed. With parenting and with where we are in our lives or with where we are in our, you know, our church life or where we are in our, can I have a little bit of light, Lou? I feel like I'm like in darkness. Thanks, mate. Lou? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. With where we are in this situation, we can get ourselves alongside Acts chapter 1 with this whole, like, what is next? So if you're here this morning and you are right in the midst of a what is next, have no idea, then tune in and listen in to how this can make sense for you. The disciples had come a long way and they'd made plans and they'd hoped and they'd dreamed. And Jesus was talking about the future and how it was going to be. If you read anything of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you'll see a guy that is laying out plans. You'll see a guy that's talking about future tense. He's talking about what they might become, what they might do, how they might grow this thing. He talks about building a church. He talks about all these things. You, would, you wouldn't blame the disciples for thinking, I think I know where this is going. And at different times, they ask different questions and kind of like, you know, you know, Jesus, is this what you're going to do? Or can I gain some understanding of what I think you're doing here? And they wanted to know, verse 9 of Acts 1, where Jesus was just still around, just before he uh, ascends back up to heaven, just before they're left with the dust settling, kind of like, okay, what now? They asked Jesus this question. And this is basically what's next. Lord, it is, at, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? 
Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And what's interesting about that, you don't need to know a load of history. You don't need to be well-versed in you know, what's going on here. All you really need to understand that the disciples are not asking an open-ended what's next. You might be this morning in a situation where you're thinking, I've been praying about this thing. I've been going to God open-hearted, open-minded and just going, God, what is next? But actually what you actually are doing is what the disciples are doing here, which is what they're asking is not what is next. They're actually saying, God is, or Jesus, is this going to work out the way that I think it should? Is the outcome that I think is going to happen, going to happen now? There's a very big difference between you saying, God, I'm open to your wisdom, to your leading, to, you know, I'm trusting in you and saying what is next. A very different thing to you going to God and saying, God, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen here. Is it now? Is what we've been waiting for going to happen? Is what we thought you were here for, what you came to do? God, let, you know, let me lay it out for you, Jesus. Let me remind you, because you've probably lost track of your mission. Let me remind you of what you're trying to do here. And what they, you know, very quickly kind of like recapping so you can get grasp hold of what they're saying. Is it at this time that the kingdom of Israel will be restored? They had this idea. They were waiting for a king. They were waiting for a Messiah. They were waiting for, you know, to God, for God to show up and to rescue their nation. They had a long history of being recognized as God's nation, of God's people. And there was many prophecies Many kind of people speaking in over the generations to say at some point there'll be somebody that arrives that rescues this thing, that takes you out of oppression. And obviously they're under Roman rule, so they're kind of thinking, this makes sense. You've, you've shown up at the right time. No longer looked down on, no longer look, uh, despised or attacked, restored to their rightful place. The disciples and those that follow Jesus are asking this question, have believed that Jesus was a king in waiting. And they had seen his triumphant entry when he arrived in Jerusalem. They believed he was the one. They believed that, they were, that he was the one that they waited for, that their ancestors had talked of. Can you imagine that? I don't know how long you've had the plan that you've got right now. I don't know how long you've had the expectation that you've had right now. I don't know how long that you've wanted the thing or you're focusing on the thing. Years maybe, maybe more months. Maybe you've just come up with it. Maybe it's just a new opportunity that's arriving now. I'm not necessarily saying yours is less because of this, but put yourself in these people's shoes. We've been waiting for generations for this thing to come about. One day a Messiah, a king, a leader will return and will bring a new kingdom rule for Israel. And so in these early moments of Acts, they would have had a question, a question that you and I have, have got at the same point, the question that you and I have whenever we go anywhere near a version of what's next. And it's simply this, can I trust you, God? That's the question. That's the whole thing going on here. It's the whole thing going on for you, I might add. It might take us a while to get there, but that's the question. Can I trust you? When it matters, God, are you someone that I can put my reliance in? When we've waited, when we're convinced we know the outcome, and not necessarily the outcome, when we know how it's going to play out. Because we don't just give God the, you know, we don't just kind of let him have the outcome or tell him what the outcome is. We also tell him how it should play out, step by step. Usually massively filtered by our fear and insecurity. But we, we say, God, this is where I know we're going, and this is how I want us to get there. And we know these. When we're convinced we know the outcome that God is going for, when we believe that God is in it, 
We know these. When we feel strongly, this isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to kind of have this idea of what we think God is doing. Paul's talking this morning about this whole NSC thing and the, and the, the faith and the belief that, you know, you speak to me or speak to Paul, you get a very different version. I'm, I'm, I'm much more like struggling with the cynical side of how things play out. Whereas Paul is, talk to Paul this morning, don't talk to me if you want a good idea. But basically, Paul's got this idea of where he thinks God is going. And so it's very difficult sometimes to kind of see that God is doing something different. We believe that Monday when we got up here last week and talked, when I say we, when Paul got up here last week and talked, we believed we'd have an answer within 24 hours and it's gone completely differently. And that is difficult to stomach. When you've had prophecy, when you've had words or pictures, when people have come around you with encouragement, when it makes sense. We love telling God how much sense our plan makes. So what is going on here, Jesus? Is it now? Is it now? Is it, is it now that the kingdom of Israel will be restored? Is it now that the plan that you've got, God, that I know about, that I'm reminding you about, is it now that it's going to happen? How does Jesus respond? To anybody that's there, listen in. Because Jesus responds in a very specific way to your, God, is this now that you're going to do the thing that I want you to do? Or are you going to now do the thing that I think you're doing that I definitely want you to do? Jesus responds, he says, It is not for you to know times of which the Father had fixed by his own authority. If we stop there, it would be a pretty negative message, but I've got to go one at a time. So there is good stuff coming, because that's a fairly negative response from Jesus there. But let me unpack this one first. It is not for you to know times of which the Father has fixed by his own authority. First up, the first thing we've got to grab, there's only two this morning, the first one we've got to grab. If we're at a what's next position, and we're going anywhere near the idea of trusting God, because we've got that can I trust you God thing, and that's a big question. You might not even get to the, the, these other two. You might be stopped on that one. But if we can get to the point where I'm like, I definitely want to trust God, the first one that Jesus challenges us with here is let go. He encourages us to let go. Part of the process of, of, of trusting someone is the ability to kind of release and letting go of that control. The disciples had to find a way to let go of what they thought should happen. That's scary, right? Because I'm really committed to what I think should happen. Our need to know is often our insecurity. So this idea, this question is kind of like, well, hang on, why does, God seem to, why does Jesus seem to make it worse for me? Like, it's already bad enough that my outcome hasn't come about. It's already bad enough that this thing isn't happening. It's already bad enough that there's been a delay, that there's been disappointment, there's been confusion. So why have you got to come up with, with a, you know, a smart answer like, it's not for you to know times? Like, come on, Jesus, like, help me out. I remember a few summers ago, it was hot. Uh, around June, July time, it was hot. And I wanted to buy it before the girls came along. Um, but we had the dogs, and I wanted to buy a paddling pool. And I come from a, a family uh, where there was four of us kids, and my dad was just like, if he thought he could build a theme park in our garden, he would give it a crack. Uh, so there was that kind of like, I, I had that kind of you know, inbuilt in me, is the small idea is often the worst one. Uh, and the big idea, which is ridiculous and you know, out of control, that's the idea to go for. And so I was like, I'm going to buy, buy a paddling pool today, Jem. And Jem looked afraid. She looked afraid, I think because she knows where I'm going with this, and she kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at her, and my friend was, Jem, could you, it's a paddling pool. Could you just trust me? Could you just trust me with the paddling pool? Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, how, how wrong can I get it? Like, our garden isn't particularly big. I'm not going to do something crazy. I'm just going to buy a paddling pool just so we can cool off. 
I said, I just trust me. So anyway, she's you know, kind of left me to it. I was thinking, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want her paddling pool input. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want her, I don't want her adjustment to my idea or like, you know, this is what colour I think it should be or this are the different features. Just trust me with the paddling pool. Just let the paddling pool thing go. And like I said, I, I went to Argos and I got seduced. I, I kind of got seduced because like there's pages of paddling pools. And obviously I go to the one that kind of like, yeah, that would fit nicely. And then I saw the next one, I was like, that one's much bigger. It's just me and Jem, I might add. Like, it's not like we're having a paddling pool party. All right? So I'm just I'm, I'm looking at these things, and they get bigger, and they get bigger. And I'm like, I want the biggest one. I want the biggest paddling pool. I just thought it would be funny. I don't know why I do that. I just thought it would be funny to buy the biggest paddling pool. It's funny to me for about six seconds. That's the extent of the joke. So I don't know why I keep kind of tuning into that. But anyway, I bought the biggest paddling pool there was. And I went back. And I'd, I'd, I'd said to Jen, please trust me, please trust me. And then we, had, we didn't have a very big garden, and so I put this paddling pool up, and it took up our entire garden. <laughs> so I'm stood against the wall taking a photo. Molly doesn't even like water, but that was the only way to walk across the garden. So go... <laughs> All I wanted from Jen was just her to trust me with the paddling pool kind of project. And rightfully so, she didn't. And like, you know, I would like to say I wouldn't do it again, but I know I will. So uh, there is a, there's a desire, and this is the important part. There's a desire in God's heart. And you might not get this. It might be a bit of a, a thing that you kind of have to look at one of your own um, earthly relationships to kind of understand this. There's a desire in God's heart that as we journey life with him, whatever extent that you are journeying life with him, he wants something from you so badly and the thing that he wants from you is he wants your trust. He wants your trust because God knows that when he has your trust, the whole thing blows up. The whole idea of you going with him and trusting him and, and, and doing things that are greater than the things that you believe you can and being all that you were made to be, that thing starts to happen when you let go and you say, okay, get whatever paddling pool you want, God. I trust you. I trust you. That's the thing that God wants. Trust is the high point. You'll know this from any relationship you have. Trust is the high point of any relationship. It conveys a depth and an intimacy that simply can't be switched on. We love the idea in our kind of world that we live in now that we can just press friendship button and we have friendship. But trust builds over such a long period of time. And so God knows that trust is the high point. He's not trying to be awkward on making a power play of who's in charge. Jesus' answer here is not a, just an annoying, frustrating, kind of like keep me back in my pen kind of answer. He's actually trying to say, what I want most from you is your trust. What I want you most to do with the outcome that you desire is to recognise that I desire it more. And so that you can trust me with what comes next. That in the things that you face and that you go through, you can hold more firmly. Instead of thinking your control or knowledge would help, which is where we go, my control or my knowledge will help this situation, right? It is the peace of being able to say, I trust you, God. I know what I desire. I know what I want to happen. I know, what I, I, know I want us to move into NSC and have an amazing opportunity to grow this thing and see people come and find wholeness and rescue and Jesus and all the rest of it. 
But instead of my control and knowledge, which is where I go by default, I'm trying to tune into the whole idea of this isn't playing out how I thought it was, and I'm done trying to convince you that the outcome you came up with is, you know, the best outcome. And to find that peace of being able to let go and say, I trust you. How many of us have got that in the stuff that we got going on? How many of us have got that in our what's next, in that moment? Because with our ability to trust comes peace. Which my guess is, most of us don't have with our what's next. Acts chapter 1 verse 7 says, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates. Let go. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's a really good news thing this is because if you're kind of hearing this and you're like, what's next? Okay, God, I'm going to ask you what's next. I'm going to kind of veer towards trusting you and saying what's next. And the only thing you say to me is, it's not for you to know the times and dates. That would be a bummer. That would be a real kind of like, great, fantastic. So I don't really feel like anything's different. But Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times and dates, e.g. let go. But you will receive power. Trusting God doesn't come as an empty option. Those of you here this morning with a what's next, tune into this. Trusting God doesn't come in this kind of like dormant, sitting there, waiting for the world to kind of happen. Not, you know, God not really doing anything option. But you will receive power to take on the next step of what comes. And this is better for them and this is better for us. They don't get offered control or knowledge. God, tell me what's happening with NZC. Tell me what's happening next. Tell me what's going on with my family. Let me know the next step. Let, lay it out for me. Ten steps would be great, God. So I could do one, you know, one after another. And you can maybe give me a mark out of ten for each one that I do. God's like, it's not for you to know the times and dates, but you will receive power. When you begin to trust in me. My biggest problem. Now I don't know if this is just a me thing or an everybody thing. But just maybe kind of grab hold of this and see if it is. My biggest problem. When I am confronted with a what's next. When I'm like I don't know what I'm meant to do now. I don't know what the next step is. My biggest problem is not a lack of knowledge or control. It's fear. We're tuned into thinking that if we knew more. Or if we had more control, then it would be better. And a quick way to kind of work that out for yourself is to just look at your what's next. If I knew more or I had more control, it would be better, right? That's the, that's the thing that we kind of like get tricked into. Actually, the thing that we've got a problem with is, is fear. We're afraid. We're afraid of not knowing. We're afraid of what comes next. We're afraid of getting it wrong. We're afraid of it not working out how we think it should. I get these texts from Domino's. <laughs> Anybody else get these texts from Domino's? They're, honestly, they're like arrows from the enemy. It's just like, I, 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 obviously, I had a bit of a problem once. And uh, I, 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 I got Domino's quite a lot. Um, Jen was working away, and uh, I lost sight of what was important. And uh, I, I, they started doing like online ordering. And so I just I, I worked out, I think I've boasted about it here before, and shamefully, I think I worked out you can like order a pizza and drink with like seven clicks on your phone. I remember counting, thinking that was cool. And so I still get these texts from Domino's. But I've, I've, I've turned over a new leaf since the girls arrived and kind of thinking, you know, I need to sort myself out and get a bit healthier and all the rest of it. So I don't do Domino's anymore. And I still get the texts. And every time I get one, 
I, it's a little bit of like, oh, just leave me alone, will you? So I got this text, and I was in the middle of a conversation with Dave this week, and conversations with Dave take it out of me anyway, because you really got to concentrate. You're in there for the long haul, like, and that's just like three sentences. It's just, it's a long thing. So anyway, I got this text through from, uh, from Domino's, like uh, cookie dough, two for one, large stuffed crust, whatever it is. And it's just to say, oh man, what's next? Like, you know, this, the next message coming along, like, that might be the one that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give in. I'm gonna, screw it, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get one. I'm going to get four for lunch. Like, Jem will never know. And, you know, that's the kind of, like, that's the thing that happens in my hands. So I got this text through. I got a picture of it here. Oh, uh, here it is. Western Monday Madness. Large pizza, garlic pizza, bread. Oh, I'm hungry now. Uh, and and, and, and it, I got it through, so I was like, oh man, I can't. And it said at the bottom, and I was in a conversation with Dave, so I was a bit distracted. And it said, opt out, stop, which I swear I've done before. But anyway, it, it, it doesn't matter. So I, I, without thinking, that I text this next time. I don't know if you can read this. I text, please stop. I wasn't, I wasn't really concentrating. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, just leave me alone, please leave me alone. Like, I'm in the middle of a conversation with Dave. Pizza's way more attractive than whatever he's talking about. And just like, please stop, I just text it. And I didn't think anything more of it other than thinking, what did I text, please stop? That was weird. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably an automated thing. Anyway, I got another message through. I, I, Western Money Man is buy one cookie, don't get one free. They know, they know it's me. I thought it was a robot. It's so weird. And so I, I like to play around. I've, I've talked to before, I like playing around with live chats and people like that, like just kind of like having a bit of fun. So I thought I'd have a bit of fun. So I replied again to figure out if they were actually talking to me. So I text, you have to stop to see what I'd get back. And then I text again, which I got nothing back for, but it made me laugh. I have a wife and young children to, to Domino's text line. But I've had nothing since. So I don't know if it's works or whether they're just like, just give them a week, cool down, cool down, and we'll send another one through. The disciples were waiting for what was next. They were afraid of what was coming. They were afraid of how they'd be able to handle what was coming. That's the problem we actually have. It's not a lack of control or knowledge. We're afraid. They're afraid of not being, it not being how they imagined Here's the thing, you might recognise this, I recognise this too much. They weren't asking, when are you going to do what you are doing because I'm following? They weren't asking that. And Jesus is saying, hey, it's not for you to know times and dates. That's the kind of question you want to get alongside. Because that, you let go. You have a peace that knows that God who's bigger than you is, is actually working out the outcome that he came up with in the first place. Instead, we're asking, when are you going to do what I want you to? And the difference is massive. It's not like, hey, be rebuked. It's just that will change everything about how you go about going through what's next. If that's the question you're asking, you're inviting control and knowledge as the top thing, which invites anxiety and insecurity. Because it's all on you. God, when are you going to do the thing that I want you to do? Instead of, it's not for me, no times and dates. Let go, just let it go. God, when are you going to do the thing that you're doing? Because I'm following you. Trust grows when I can let go of my control and let God lead me to what he is doing. And he does this by offering power. And we'll look, obviously, as we kind of next couple of weeks look into this but he does this by offering power and how that power works not randomly assigned to see out your chosen outcome but power with a purpose power with a purpose 
The, the verse says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. So you will receive power, great news, but you'll receive power for the purpose of what God is doing. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So don't be fooled into thinking that you just, you know, it's like a slot machine. You just got to get the right combination and power is yours. Let go. Control and knowledge is not going to do it for you. Trust me. And power will come upon you for the purpose that I've laid out for you. Paul, do you want to come? You knowing the times and the dates doesn't get trust going. You having control and knowledge doesn't get this thing working. It doesn't teach you to trust. It doesn't lead you to let go. It lets fear take hold. And it keeps you searching for self-made peace. If that is your experience of the what's next you're in right now, then you need to tune into this. It doesn't teach you to trust. It lets fear take hold. It, lets, it keeps you searching for self-made peace. Which doesn't really come. You'll have all you need to be all he made you to be. That's Jesus' message. I think I'll finish there. That's Jesus' message. You'll have all you need to be all he made you to be.